Hello, hello, hello. Sammy here from the Gateway team. Just letting you know how much we all appreciate your love and support over the last few seasons of Gateway. And just letting you know that you can help us by heading to our newly established Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash gateway to anime. Every little bit helps and we really appreciate any love and support that you can find. You can also, of course, find us on all social media platforms if you search Gateway to Anime. And please go and check out our website at www.gatewaytoanime.com. If you have the time to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, once again, such a massive help. Something feels like doesn't help, but helps us massively. So if you have the time, please do. Thanks again for your love and support. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Hello, 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 and welcome back to season three. Hello, hello, hello. Oh. Welcome back to season three. Yeah, all right, all right. You're not there yet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. She's the host. Oh. Guys, season three looks a bit different. <laughs> I've taken it. No, not joking. that fucking different. Hello. Uh. <laughs> uh, it's Charlie here. Thanks for tuning in for season three of Gateway to Anime. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. And Graham. Hello. What's up, man? Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. Good. You're going to be a bit more of a series regular this series. I know. I've, uh, I'm currently wearing a Brett cardboard cutout mask. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, indeed. So this is very exciting. This is very exciting. We've got a lot of really exciting content to bring you this season, but we're going to start off because we are currently at the time of recording about halfway or just over the halfway point of the spring 2021 season of anime. And we got a few shows to bring to you, just like we did last season with the winter recap. This is the spring 2021 recap. So we got a whole bunch of shows to give to you that you might be able to watch and you can pick it up halfway because, you know, generally I I tend to watch like eight shows at the start of a season and then naturally it kind of distills itself down to to four or five or three, depends. It's the best time of year. Isn't it? It's the most wonderful time. There's so many, it is. There's so many many opportunities. Like four weeks into the season, I'm like, "Ah, give me the next season. Because all the excitement's (laughs) gone. Like you're watching three shows, but like the anticipation of the new stuff. Oh, it's so exciting. I'm so impatient. I'm just like, I kind of, if I can't binge it, I'm really a Netflix kid at this point. God, it's ruined everyone. It has, because I'm just like, what do you mean? I can't watch everything right this second. I have to wait (laughs) one week. Whereas before, I think we talked about this film before on the podcast. I remember Lost Weekly. Like weekly episodes are good. It's Mm. good. It it teaches you patience, teaches you life skills. (laughs) Anyway. It's such a go-go world. We're all, we're all moving a million miles per hour. Like it's. Yep. I don't know. It's hard. It is hard. Guys, it's really hard to wait for anime episodes. <laughs> so what the fuck are we doing? This is the face of privilege. Oh, right? my God. Sorry, yeah, everyone. Fucking hell. There's not a point in the year where there is no anime. No, the anime true. does not take a break. No, it does not. That's it's, probably a problem. Though. Yeah, I think it's oh, going to be. And it's yeah. about to become a serious problem. But we'll be talking about that in a later episode when we deliver how an anime is made. And we will talk about just how punishing and brutal the industry is for those who work within it. But, Sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next week for the horrible reality. <laughs> <laughs> you know that oh thing God. you love? We're taking it apart. <laughs> That's we true. We shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> we shouldn't know. It's, it's, Please end this out. Some poor animator is bleeding over a PC right now. <laughs> We're like, oh. It's actually, yeah. actually very true. 
So we're going to kick off with a show that I'm watching, which I'm really enjoying with a terrible fucking name, but it's a lot of fun. And it is called VV Fluorite Eyes Song. That's right. It's a stunning name. Fluorite <laughs> Eyes Song. And I guess that comes from the fact that all the animation that we're putting into this is into the fucking eyes of the lead character. They look ridiculous. On a scale of one Fluorite, to Gojo. Yeah, it's Gojo level eyes. Oh wow! Like, oh, the eyes are on point. Oh, the eyes are on point. Hence, hence the name. Now, this is an anime original made by Studio Wit, famous for such shows as Attack on Titan and The Great Pretender, and it's actually created or written by Tapeo Nagatsuki, who is the creator of ReZero and Eiji Umchara. The manga adaptation has just been greenlit, and that's by Maruto Yamataka, with a novel series to follow. So. Here's the story. In 2056, technology has advanced to the point where fully autonomous AI in android bodies that look almost identical to humans now live amongst humanity. However, in order to overcome programming constraints, all AIs are programmed to fulfill one specific mission. The show opens 100 years in the future where AIs have gone wild and started killing humans indiscriminately and destroying everything. An unnamed scientist manages to send a super AI back in time to try and stop the singularity point from ever occurring. However, the only thing he could send the AI to was Vivi, or Diva, who has been laying dormant in a museum for many, many years. Now, back 100 years, Vivi, who was a songstress AI tasked with the mission of making people happy and to perform with all her heart, is performing on a tiny stage in an amusement park with grand aspirations of making it to the main stage. However, She then encounters this super AI, Matsumoto, who's been sent back in time with the mission to prevent the war between humans and AI a hundred years later. However, Vivi is also part of his mission, and the unlikely pair begin their 100-year journey to alter the course of history. That is Vivi Fluorite Eyes song. Got a lot of Terminator vibes. 100%. You know, like, well, basically. It's a storyline of Terminator. It is a storyline. It's (laughs) the Terminator meets an idol. Yeah, Terminator meets an idol show. That's exactly what it it is. That's true. That's that is sound, what it is. Sounds awesome. I haven't watched this just for it clarification. Is, it's dope. It's like, dope. It's so well animated. Mm. The story is actually pretty engaging. Yeah, it's enough. It's a really interesting world as well. Like, yeah. And the animations know, are on point. Like, wit have outdone themselves. The sort of fight for the rights of AI. Mm. Like, what does it mean to be, I guess, classified as alive? Yes. Westworld vibes as well, yeah, of course. Yeah. So Westworld, Terminator 2, anything like that. It's really, really cool. Vivi's an interesting character or diva. She alternates between the two names because her mission task to her, which is sort of absolutely ingrained in all AIs, that it sort of can't work around those constraints, is that she's tasked with making people happy. But that's actually a very nebulous and generalized thing. And like when she's told to sing with all of her heart, one of the big questions she keeps asking other AIs is, what does to do something with all your heart mean? And a lot of the AIs struggle to answer that question. And it's quite interesting as well because she has to do great damage to things and people, but in order for her to make people happy in the long run. And again, because, and even the super AI who is in the future and is Matsumoto is a really great character. He's sort of quite a a savage, brutal kind of, you know, he's just all about saving humanity and he'll do whatever it takes. But because he's been tasked specifically with working with Vivi, he would much prefer to work with a warrior AI or something, but he can't. So they're trapped together in this kind of weird duality where they have to try and make each other work around their missions. And it's it's really cool. It's a really, really cool show. And it's like, yeah, just on point, stunning looking, big tick from me. Yes, there are some plot holes. And yes, there's some things which aren't quite there. And like most anime originals, I, I hope it doesn't fall away. A lot of them do. But this is, this is looking pretty damn promising to me. 
you think this is the anime original of the season? Do you think it's like, you know, it's like the Wonder Egg priority, the, uh, what's it called, Akadama Drive? Yes, Escape yes. the Infinity. Oh, sorry. <laughs> How dare I not mention. Come on, the real, Honestly, this the real time original I, anime of the year, 2020. Actually is no show that's going to fill the void of Escape oh, the of Infinity not. this season. And I'm big, deadly serious. <laughs> but I am upset. This podcast will be distinctly lacking in Escape the Infinity content. And I, for one, am fucking furious. <laughs> It's, a, it's an error. We'll find a way to bring it into every episode. <laughs> we just did. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tick. I, th- I think it probably is this year's original, right? Like I don't think there's anything that's got as many layers no. to it. Or- oh, actually there is another anime original which okay. might rival it, which I'll talk about in a minute, but it is a sequel of another. It's a sequel, but it is, is anime original. Yeah, right. But anyway, I know what you mean. Who words? <laughs> Give me original, original. <laughs> okay. It's the best original, original, yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, Charlie, why don't you kick us off with what, what you're watching at the moment? Give us one. All right. So actually, you know what? I'm going to start with the one I want to talk about the most because Sam actually reminded me that my first ever episode on Gateway to Anime, where I come and I talk about, I talk about Josai or Sh- No, it must have been the second episode. Yeah, second. Sorry, second, yes. sorry not, as, not as special. It's only the second episode, but, you know, ignore that. Second episode I came on, I talked about Shoujo Anime and I talked about my favourite series of all time, which is Fruits Basket, as mm. in my favourite Shoujo series of all time. Those who don't remember or haven't listened to that episode, basically Shoujo is a demographic that is kind of technically aimed at younger women, but it is a lot of the time set in high school that kind of like follows a younger protagonist. So anyway, my favorite show is Fruits Basket. And at the time that we were talking about that, it only just the reboot of Fruits Basket um, had just been done. So we were calling it Fruits Basket Brotherhood because basically <laughs> Redux. There was, um, yeah, there was a 2001 series of Fruit Basket that got halfway through the manga and then it ended and then they rebooted again in 2019 and they are covering the whole of the manga, which is a really good manga. It's beautiful. And it's now in season three of Fruits Basket. It's airing. And they're covering the manga that hasn't, so it's never actually been adapted before. This is all new trodden ground. And they are nailing it. Like there is a rabid fan base of Fruits Basket and they're all like women my age. So we're all, you know, Karens in training. So we're like, <laughs> don't fuck with our Fruits Basket. Like, there are dozens of us. I was like, don't dare. <laughs> but they're really nailing it. The animation is just absolutely stunning and everything about it is good. I mean, just as a general recap, I've, I think I've talked about this anime a lot in the podcast, but the general recap of the storyline is a uh, high school recent orphan, Toro Honda, finds herself homeless and camping in a, just camping near her school because she doesn't want to burden anyone with living in their house. She's a really sweet girl. She gets, you know. Basically, all this stuff happens and she ends up living with uh, the Soma family who are all cursed by the 12, or in this case, 13 Zodiac spirits, which means if they ever hug a member of the opposite sex, they turn into that animal that they are possessed by. Sounds like a fluffy, dumb idea, but the whole thing's a metaphor for trauma and it's really full on. And the third season is dark. So like trigger warnings all around, like it is so full on to watch and so like you get so attached to these characters. If you want a good drama, actually just one best drama at the Crunchyroll Awards did, as well. yes. For season two and this is season three and I think season three is the best so far. Wow. So, guys, you know what? There's heaps, like, as I said, as a binge kid, a binge kid. A binge kid? <laughs> just coining some new terms here, wow. right? Yeah. Far out. As a, someone who loves to binge, you've got a shitload of content to watch because you've got three whole seasons to go. So I would say get on that fruits basket. Fail your uni degree right. in the name of fruits basket. Charlotte, don't make everyone like you. Yeah, don't. <laughs> Be like me, guys. Join the binge kid gang. Binge kid. <laughs> the binge kid. Oh, I hate it. 
<laughs> I hate it. I'm so sorry. Um, anyway, that was a some pins made up or something like yeah. little buttons. Yeah. Some shirts. Binge kids forever with a four and an EVA. Just a big thumbs up. <laughs> uh, we're selling that merch actually, guys. If but yes, watch Fruits Basket. That's all I'll say. I don't want to get too in depth in the storyline because I just gave you a terrible recap. But just watch it. Forgot. Just get it. Well, I don't know what you're doing. Listening to me, go watch Fruits Basket. Right on. <laughs> Stop listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, never listen to this again. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like get up. What are you doing? See, that's why you're not the host. She's gone rogue. <laughs> all right, and on to you, Graham. Graham, what do you got for us, man? So I am going to probably kick it off with a little show called Tokyo Revengers, hey. made by. I'm going to butcher the, all the uh, Japanese names, so look forward to that, guys. <laughs> um, Can't wait. Ken Wakui? Oui. Ken Wakui? Basically, to boil down the show to its like parts, it is a science fiction time travel teenage delinquent show. <laughs> it's got a lot going on. It's got a lot going on. <laughs> it sort of follows the kid. Well, it doesn't sort of. It follows the main character whose name is, again, I apologize, Takemenchi Takemichi, Hanag- yeah. <laughs> I can barely speak English. Um, he's sort of uh, in his mid-20s, bit of a loser, works at a DVD. looks like a DVD shop or a mm. video shop. And then on his way, he's a bit of a loser. When he gets home one night, he discovers that his only one and only girlfriend he's ever had has been killed in a gang attack along with her little brother. And he's devastated. I think it sort of represents his, up to the point where he is in his life, how much of a failure he's become, which, you know, a lot of people can... Mid-20s, it's a hard part of your life. Existential um, time. Yeah. Uh, and then he's, you know, he's involved in a horrible accident, like most anime protagonists that involve Japanese public transportation. <laughs> is um, it a truck or is it a train? It's a train. train oh, mate, train's the OG. I think truck's yeah. like a new thing, yeah. a throwback. Mm, truck con, yeah. Is it, what's this, when is it set, sorry? Like, is it set in the- it's, I think it's set now. Yeah. Or it's like 2015. 20, yeah, 2015. In a DVD shop? Yeah, this stuff. JBI is still do here, things like, different. I don't know. Like, people still sell DVDs. No, it's like it's yes. either like manga, VHSs, or DVDs. Yeah, it's something like that. It's Collectibles. A, yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. go with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> so after he's hit by the train, he wakes up in I think it's like nineteen two thousand and five. Fuck, I'm really old. Just <laughs> <laughs> realize that I'm old. <laughs> he's a young man. He woke up in nineteen ninety eight. No, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, he wakes up. I'm guessing he's around like 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And the base of the idea of the show is he's going to back to the future himself into saving his one and only love that he's ever had mm. by infiltrating, I guess, it's they're a bunch of group of delinquents, but eventually they all go on to form the uh, Tokyo Manji Gang, mm. which is like a big Yakuza type gang. So you're basically just following this kid as he's learning to infiltrate a gang and you get to see what someone who's doesn't really have anything left to lose is willing to sort of, I guess, trade for like the woman he loves in the future. Like what yeah. lengths he's willing to do to get into this gang and to become a gang member to pretty much retroactively stop the death of someone he loves. It's a weird choice that he makes, but there, 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 there are other options I'm sure he had on the table there, but he's gone all in on the gang thing for our <laughs> entertainment. And I'm into I it. Great. You know? <laughs> Honestly, I wasn't impressed with the first episode because there's, there's a lot of buzz around this show, by the way. This, the manga is very popular and a lot of the community were very excited about it. And I watched the first episode and I was like, uh, it is slow. It's- like, and the time travels, you know, anything with time travels 
got fucking issues and this one well, is no exception. Zone, it doesn't exist. It's, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Sam. Look, can't travel for time yet. I know. I know. And <laughs> Don't step in front of a train, anyone. <laughs> Don't do that. You will not time travel. Work. <laughs> yeah. As the show has progressed, I've really gotten into it because it sort of leans into it being like, you know, a bit like, like most delinquent shows. And by the way, the delinquent genre. Huge. Is actually fucking huge. It's massive in Japan. And this is kind of like delinquent show, the anime, you know, a bit like how God of High School was tournament arc the anime, which didn't do it very well. But this is actually like just piling in on delinquents. And again, there's like crazy power scaling and like, you know, the bosses are like just like superhuman to a degree. You know, like there's no superpowers or anything, but like somehow they're like yeah. full black belt. Are, like, delinquents are present in every anime, but it's not a delinquent genre. There's always yeah, a delinquent everything. with a heart of gold yes. that loves animals, always. Yes, there is. Think like <laughs> Knuckle from Hunter Hunter, like a yes. bunch of like characters, like they're like, they look scary, but actually they're like petting a cat yeah. or like they'll feed the cat behind the school. <laughs> They've always got Every a heart time. of gold. Every delinquent has a heart of gold. And they've got yeah. scary like, fate. Yeah. 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 Um, well, like GTO. Ones. Oh, yeah, Grand Teacher. Grand Teacher on Azuka. Grand, sorry, Grand <laughs> Fate on Azuka. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of I mean some of the famous delinquent yeah Great Teacher on is the, the, the big one uh, Yu Yu Hakusho really yeah, is a delinquent mate. show Clannad uh, Steve- Mob Psycho 100 has huge elements of it especially in the first season like yeah. the, half Gangles. the storyline is a delinquent thing it's always I love a, delinquents well it's and this is just like the delinquent show to the end Akira? all delinquent shows Akira is delinquent yeah absolutely yeah. Absolutely. Slam Dunk as well. The, the uh, basketball. Yeah, they're all delinquents. Mate, they're delinquents. They, they come together to buy <laughs> basketball. I think Coach Cartery <laughs> saves them from their delinquent way. I guess until you actually put it in a box, you don't really realize what you're watching. So. Yeah. And I mean, don't people like think that the main character in Bleach is, oh my God, how yeah. I forget his name. Ichigo um, Kurosaki. Oh my God. I'm, I'm so wow. sorry. Um, put down Ichigo, your binge match. Get out of here. against you as the host. That, like <laughs> having like a harari. This is actually my audition for host. <laughs> <laughs> fucking it. Um, is it, you know, that thing where you have uh, like the bleached hair, yeah, like that's a delinquent. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just talking about delinquent. Oh, but no, but him and, oh, but we should talk about Skate delinquency. Skateway to delinquency. Heard <laughs> <laughs> it here first. Works on every level. <laughs> it's just a huge part of shows that you don't, yeah, again. It's everywhere. I it's- always hate that that sort of bullying sort of thing that seems to run right through like every anime until I realized it's the core that holds every anime together. <laughs> like, like bullying is the main thing force in every story of anime. There like, is a lot of bullying. Is there a lot of, is there a huge bullying problem? Well, it's funny that you asked this because on, on the back of this, me and Graham were talking about it before the show, we actually went and looked up delinquency in Japan and, and crime statistics and everything. I mean, in Japan, delinquents are referred to as Yankee, Y-A-N-K-I-I, and while their leaders are called Bancho. And the motorcycle and car races are usually considered a separate subculture of delinquents and they're known as Bosozuko and Hashira. So- Sorry for butchering those fucking words, but uh, I think right, um, <laughs> yeah. But then, then the yakuza is a completely separate entity uh, within Japan, and they tend to have very little respect for delinquents because, in their eyes, the yakuza are sort of professional criminals with a sense of tradition and honor, whereas delinquents tend to just be more upstarty punks with bad attitudes. So, very low-ranking yakuza called chipira do interact with delinquents, uh, with the Yankee, the Basazoko, and the Hashira, predominantly because they're the prime method of trafficking illegal substances. So, some Yankee and the like try to emulate the yakuza in their style, but so. It can be quite hard for you to tell the difference, but like there is a big difference because the Yakuza tend to be more traditional and like kind of almost they, they, they see themselves as like almost modern day samurai, you know, like with the kind of Bushido code 
and it's not actually Bushido, but it's a code un- not unlike that where they have a very strict, like they don't get civilians involved. They've got, they're very honor bound, but like within that world, it's, it's fucking savage. Mm. Unlike the Yakuza, the more traditional street gangs, delinquents are not driven by profit. And many, many of them focus more on delinquency as a lifestyle. So yeah. it's like loitering, vandalizing, brawling are their primary pastimes. Like, you know, conflicts between delinquents break out as they tend to either be unarmed duels over matters of hierarchy or honour or like full-scale brawls between rival groups, you know. Yeah, they tend to target each other delinquent groups. So it's I, a I school like, thing too. Because I was thinking when I think of bullying in anime, it's rarely actually the delinquents that are doing the bullying. It's always mm. like something and the delinquent with a heart of gold will save Because everyone's scared of them. They're, they're like, terrified. Oh, they're like actually heart realized. of gold. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, because a lot of them are, it's always school-based. The delinquency thing is like the school thing, like Mob Psycho 100 again. It's like, oh, it's the leader of the that school's gang and like in this it's like the leader of this school's gang is like the other school and when they come onto the school's property everyone's terrified and, and it's they're like brutal as well savage like, dude violence. that one guy's just like get me my bat he's yeah. like what oh, the beats the fuck out of bat is a real yeah. like oh. beats him for like 10 minutes when yeah. he's dead yeah. stop stop it's so brutal he's already dead <laughs> um, I think did you say that loitering was a, was that's, a pastime? That's, they're is, into that. Am I a delinquent? <laughs> is, this, is this me realizing? Do you jaywalk? It's like great loitering. Like. Obviously. But but then looking at this as well, I thought like, wow, is this a big problem? Because even like in, in so many shows, you see like, for example, One Direct Priority, you know, a bullying thing is like the whole premise of the whole show. Every and like show. The, the drama. Even Mashoko Tensei, which I fucking hate, but like, again, go, that's a major point of it. Like, I'm going to go back for the years. I'm going to start, I'm going to watch like Gundam Wing and see if there's any delinquents in there. And, <laughs> it's everywhere. Like, you know. But then I looked it up. I'm sure most people know it's quite a famous fact of Japan, but the crime rate in Japan is super low. In comparison to most developed nations, like in fact, as of 2015, Japan had one of the lowest murder rates in the world. And according to 2016 UNODC statistics, Japan's rate of intentional homicide per 100,000 population is the lowest in the world, 0.03 per 100,000 inhabitants. So like mm. murder's low, right? But that's the opposite scale. Like when one of them does lose it, like it's horrific. Like massacres, there's never like- Massacres are on, are, have been on yeah. the rise for about the last 30 years and they're quite prominent. There's always just something like, oh, this one person stabbed 15 people. You're yes, like, yes, ah. yes, yes. Like it's, when it goes, it's big. Well, yeah, I mean, there were 80 plus deaths recorded within the last decade uh, attributed to massacres, actually. And most notably, of course, 2019 Kyoto animation arson attack, you know, on the, the anime awful. house, which yeah. claimed 36 lives and injured another 33. And it was, you know, that was considered a suicidal terrorism. So, yes, that is a, a thing. But like, I was looking at, like, I was like, where does this delinquency thing come from? Is there a massive youth crime rate over there? No. In fact, the weird thing is, over the last few years, senior crime. Is up twenty two percent. What do you Japan. mean, seniors, octogenarians, people over sixty committing crimes? What? That's up twenty two percent. Youth crime rate not so high. Oh God, if I'm going to get bullied by a gang of pensioners, <laughs> get me by bats. Just like <laughs> walking frame, like I just oh, give me my walker. Just yeah, just go for it. Wow, that's, that is interesting, isn't it? Because yeah, it. it I feel like anime, obviously, we're. Hey, the on, fact I- that we're very like, this reflects real life. <laughs> we're talking about a time traveling, like, we're like, wow, it's so interesting that the rates don't reflect this. Like, oh, are you telling me that, <laughs> Wait, that the medium famous for its crazy power fantasies and giant tits isn't a real reflection upon the society in which it was made? <laughs> yeah, it's not like us watching, like, I don't know, Teen Wolf and being like, wow, what's a werewolf statistic in America right Man, now? Just- like, mm, it's oh a my problem. God. These werewolves really make you think about racism. In the 1930s, <laughs> but it is interesting to know just that why that is such a trope, like to have the the delinquents in yeah. anime and in the high school, and yeah, 
Yeah, I just that's the thing. I, I love was, it. Love a del- good delinquent story. Well, yeah, this is delinquency the anime, and like it is really fun. I'm really starting to enjoy it now. Starting to get into itself, you know, about halfway through, just about the halfway point. It's really starting to unfurl itself. Yeah, they they, they took their time with the first few episodes because it's all about building characters, and even some of the more interesting characters are just coming in in our episode four and five, mm. like the actual members that will come to form the gang. Yes, yes, like, yes, yes. Like are terrifying characters, mm. but they're also, you know. Kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a great show. I'd definitely check it out. Okay. So now I want to move on to the other anime original, which is a sequel. Yeah, that other. I think is my anime of the season so far. I just think it's so beautiful and it's rare to see a show like this. And we have spoken about the first season of this show in our sports anime episode. Charlotte, you spoke about it. And this is, of course, Megalobox oh, Nomad right. season I was so, two. I was like, Escape the Infinity season two. <laughs> It's back. Hey, we can dream, right? <laughs> we can dream. Sorry. We're not that lucky. <laughs> so it first aired in 2018, and it was a 50-year commemoration of the 50-year anniversary of Ashita no Joe, the manga that was produced by the studio TMS Entertainment and 3X Cube, which also produced the second season of Ashita no Joe back in 1980. So the second season begins five years after the end of the first, and the show opens with Gearless Joe having adopted the moniker Nomad drifting from sketchy underground fight ring to another with simple gear, fighting opponents to fund his painkiller addiction. A far cry from the lofty heights he scaled at the end of season one, five years prior. Now, Joe, or Nomad, is a shell of the man he used to be, and it's mentioned that sometime after vacating his Megalonia belt, he lost an exhibition match to Yuri's disciple and the next champion, Edison Liu, and has not been seen on the pro-Megalo scene since. Through his drifting, he meets Chief, Another broken man running from his tragic past who is the head of an immigrant group who are semi-legally residing in an abandoned theme park. Joe and Chief bond over their tragic pasts and similar careers, but Chief has begun to move forward, whereas Joe is still riddled with guilt and stuck in his self-destructive and depressive state. It's through meeting this disparate yet dignified and honourable immigrant group, namely Chief, that Joe can begin the healing process and put himself back on track. It's such a good fucking show it's like it's a real seinen you know what i mean it's like it's really adult it's a bit like i get like some something like unforgiven or like logan you know it's like joe was always broken in the first for those of you haven't seen the first season go and watch the first season of mega low box it's fucking sick in fact i think the second season is better that's what people are saying as well it's, i haven't watched it yet but it's just stunning and like it's a real character study it's it's quite bleak it's slowish it's not even about the boxing anymore it's just really about this intense character study of a broken man who is carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders i don't even think the first season was about the boxing to be honest no no that that was a rags to riches kind yeah. of. wait what it wasn't about the boxing <laughs> with the, with the machine on the arms like, I, I mean it was but they were like it was more about nah, this, nah, the wait. internal struggles joe was going through yes oh, okay, when yeah, you yeah, actually okay. watch the fight i'm gonna keep talking because <laughs> <laughs> i recently first watched the first season oh yeah and i i loved the first half of it and then i got bored with the second half interesting interesting yeah I actually found it's, a similar. I actually found a similar thing when I watched it, to be honest. And I, I don't think it was down to the lack of boxing, but I just don't think when those moments were happening, it just wasn't as good as when him and his trainer were actually having moments about talking about life and stuff like that. So exactly. Continue. No, well, you're dead right. You're dead <laughs> right. No, no, hundred percent right. The second half of the first season does drop off, and then that's when the second season started again. This was three years ago that it came out. And I was sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll pick this up. And I've been shocked with how good it is. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. it's beautiful. It's, it's a slow burn. Like I say, a really in-depth character study. Quite rare to see in in, in anime, you know, like I mean, definitely out there, but, you know, a bit more like monster. In that it's not a crime show or a psychological thriller or anything. The relationship between Chief and Joe is beautiful. And the whole immigrant story that they run as well is really great. It's really interesting. I mean, it's a little on the nose, but it's it's really cool. And I would strongly suggest 
checking it out because it's it's really worth even if you do find the second half of the first season a bit less I, engaging. I, I still enjoyed it, and it was still mm, like stuff with Yuri was great, and you know all the the stuff with. The, Thingy, the coach and yep. what he sacrifices and stuff like that. Like, it was still good, but I was expect like, I guess as somebody who's grew up watching like Rocky movies and stuff like that, you were expecting that sort of catharsis when he like yes. lands the blow and you know that's it. And there's like a rah. There just wasn't that. Like, yes. I don't think you see the end of the fight. No. And then the next is like a few months down the line, so there wasn't like that cathartic release for it. But it was still a good show. It definitely subverts expectation, which yeah. is what's been really cool about it for me. And yeah, it was a big tick for me. It's it's currently my anime of the season. It's the one I look forward to most every week. I- I agree with you, Graham, in that way that I also fell off it, even though I talked about it mm. in the sports. I always fell off at the end to the point where when they announced season two, I was like, mm, like, do we need to see season two yeah. of my girl box? And then um, actually hearing you describe that then, I was like, oh, cool, they did that. They went like a full, like that actually sounds like a really interesting sequel. Like that's something I want to watch. That, that, that's a realistic ending for Joe. Yes. It's a realistic path for us. Rather than. Of, it's not Rocky. It's yeah. not like. No, we're not, not just going to fight a big story. Russian yeah. yeah, it's yeah. not that. And he's actually directed and designed by a guy called Yo Moriyama, who in season one actually had very little directorial experience. He's a designer. And so that's what's why aesthetically it's also quite a bold choice. I think you spoke about it in the sports episode, but like it's deliberately made to look old. The line outlines of the drawings are a bit blurred and stuff, and they do that deliberately to kind of make it look like it's from the 80s or 90s. And that's like, it looks cool. It's a bold choice. So like you might argue that it looks a bit shit, but that's the point. You know, it's, it's grimy, it's dark, it's kind of this really oppressive feeling all the time, a bit uncomfortable, and I think that works really – I think it's a really strong choice and I think it works really well. How's the music in it? Because I remember the first season I really loved the, music the soundtrack. soundtrack in season two is phenomenal. It's all because, of, like I said, the immigrant story, the, the world of Megalonia or whatever the actual world is called is kind of like our world but different. Is the world called Megalonia? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? I think so. Well, that That's what's called Megalo. Megalo. Megalo Bucks, yeah. I did not pick up on that at all. Yeah, but like Megalovania, isn't that the name of the, the championship though? Yeah, yeah. Megalonia, I think, was oh, the Oh, sorry, Megalonia. I just combined yeah, yeah. Castlevania <laughs> and Megalo. I'm into it. I thought you Vampires. Vampires. That's what, that's what the show's missing. But yeah, it's really, really cool. The immigrants are, are Mexican, but like not whatever the equivalent of Mexican is in Spanish Mexican, but it's a very similar culture to a Mexican culture. As a result, the, the soundtrack is all kind of flamenco-y Mexican style guitar. It's really cool. It's really, really cool. It's yeah, I, they're, they're, they're killing it. So yeah, it's my my pick of the season. Big that's tick. bold. Yeah. No, that's I'm bold. Old. Just different. Unlike you to have a huge take. <laughs> Three weeks in, like anime of the, the year. greatest anime ever made. <laughs> right, give us your next one, Charlie. Come on. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Just here being really mean. Excuse my passion. Um, God damn it. I'm talking about another show that had a lot of, so opposites of what Stan's been talking about with anime originals. This is a series that's been adapted from a really popular light novel series. So coming into it, it had a lot of hype. A lot of, like I remember when I was reading, you know, people's breakdowns of what they're looking forward to. Everyone was all about this show because everyone was a big fan of the light novels and et cetera, et cetera. So the show is called 86. Oh, I yeah. we were going with that, sorry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's like, a real bait switch. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give you a synopsis. It is just a warning. It's quite a complex synopsis. It's complicated. But then I'm going to really simplify it at the end for you. So the Republic of San Mongolia has been at war with the Empire of Jihad for nine years. While the public are led to believe that the war is fought between machines and that there have been zero casualties, the reality is that the juggernauts, which are the machines, are being piloted by humans. In fact, they're being piloted by teenagers. So these humans or teenagers are a part of a group called the 86, which is a designated district given to the coloration minority of San Mongolia. So the minority are called 
coloration. The series follows Major Lena, who is an Alba. The 86ers originally had equal rights before being persecuted by the dominant Alba race and the Alba supremacist Republican government to the point where the Colorado, the 86ers, were considered subhuman. So that's like the setting of the show. Lena isn't outspoken in her views of mistreatment of the Colorado minority. She's a military officer and wants the truth to be known of the casualties happening in the war. She is a designated handler for a team called Spearhead, who is led by the Undertaker Shin. <laughs> that probably made no sense to anyone listening to that. <laughs> because this is quite a complex world that we have kind of been thrown into. And they do, and one thing that people have been saying is they were really quite confused in the first two episodes. Yeah. But basically, there is a like in simple terms, the Alba race, who are the majority here, who are they're kind of designed, they have like long silver hair and silver eyes and a white. And then the 86ers are drawn as like, I don't know, it's just they're meant to be basically anyone who's not minority. So they don't look like that. So mm. they are considered subhuman and they're being used as human weapons. Yes. And it's being kept a secret from the majority. And there's all these districts. So 86 is the final district. So it's like it goes in terms of class and then 86 are considered subhuman. Yes. Anyway, this show is a mecha show. So obviously we have a lot of fighting and robots kind of thing. To be honest with you, if you were listening to that being like, oh, this sounds quite familiar, it's because it literally is the same storyline as Code Geass, <laughs> um, which is great because I love Code Geass. And the whole thing is incredibly on the nose. And like, you know, it's a real, you know, imperialism, like, oh, yeah. know, like it's a real, it's similar to Attack on Titan vibes as well in the yep. last season yep. where you've got, you know, minority fighting back or like you're kind of like you're following the, the protagonists are the bad guys, essentially. Mm -hmm. The colonizers are like, yeah, so it's a, Interesting show has a lot of um, food for thought. I think it's done pretty well yeah. in terms of like, because it is heavy handed in its ideas. But the main character, she's got, you know, there's some really good moments where she thinks that she's helping and she really has got her heart in the right place. But it's that argument of like privilege and her not actually understanding anything. Like yes. in her kind of like bleeding heart attitude is actually more insulting than, and they kind of call that out a lot on the sh in the show, which is kind of nice because often in those shows, it's sort of like, we've got a sympathetic pathetic protagonist who's also like, you know, and in this one they kind of take her for a ride and I think it's good. Yeah, it's I, – I enjoyed it. Again, first two episodes, I had no idea what the fuck was happening. Yeah. I was just like – I was like, why the fuck is everyone saying this is good? What the hell is happening? What is, what is this world? Now it's all started to land and, and make sense. And, yeah, look, I think it's good. I think it's good. Uh, that's, that's my opinion on it. <laughs> I don't Not love it. Of the year, don't love it. Don't hate it. Don't dislike it. I think it's good. Kind of in the middle of it as well. Yeah. Like I gave it more time to breathe, and mm. I think f for me, I'm, I'm I don't know the characters yet. Yes, and things are happening to characters, and I feel like I've been I'm being told what to feel rather than actually feeling things right now. Definitely, Just, definitely. But I think like as the show is going to progress, and you get like you get to learn what's his name, the Undertaker, the Undertaker yes. Shin, yeah, um, and stuff like that. It will get there. Like I see the potential, but right now I'm just yeah, I, I middling. Yeah, me too. Me too. Like I. I Everyone's talked about the light novel and how great that is. So, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for it to to get awesome. And, yeah, definitely suggested, though, if you, if you can. It, it's got some really cool ideas, uh, whether or not they execute it well. It seems like a pretty decent adaptation. It's a rich story. Yes. And I think that it would work better probably as a light novel in that way because you, but I think the issue yeah. here is pacing. And I think yes. that's yes. always really hard. And where I'm at now, I can't – again, I can't talk about too much without spoiling heaps. So it's, mm. one, it's one of those shows. But where I'm at now, I finally got interested. I was yeah, like, oh, okay, cool. Because to be honest with you, there are shows that have done this and they've done it better. So Code Geass, Attack on Titan, two examples of shows that are doing Way better. the same kind of thing at heart. But I, I could not recommend Code Geass more if I tried. Like that is yeah. the one. So watch 86, even like to the point where Code Geass have got 11s 
and 86 have got the 86s. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very and I'm similar. Like, and it's both mecha shows. Yeah. One's got a protagonist who's like a mastermind and the yes. other one is more of a sympathetic character. So yes, yes, yes. That's true. If you want to, you know, whatever. I'm not talking about Code Gears. Just well, watch, no, I am. Just watch Code Gears. No, <laughs> watch Code Gears. Season 2021. <laughs> <laughs> you want the best anime ending of all time, you should watch Code Gears. That's true. Yeah, right. Let me spoil it for you now. <laughs> um, but, That's yeah, 86, cool. I agree with you guys. It's well animated. It's interesting enough to the point where I it caught me more than any other show this season because I wanted to understand the world a bit more. But, yeah, I recommend it and I think it could get really good. But for where we're sitting right now, I think that, yeah, it's a kind of watch this space yeah, scenario. 100%. It could really go pop or it could really be like, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not really sure where I sit yet, but we're waiting. So I'm definitely going to watch it till the end. It's got me. Maybe, got me, it's, got me maybe the it's the hype. Maybe it's the hype. Yeah. Yeah, what, like, like I feel sorry for it. Yeah, I don't feel, I feel sorry for it. I feel really sorry for this really successful TV show. <laughs> well, okay, I'm going to jump into another sequel. Uh, and I haven't actually spoken about this show on, on the podcast. I did put up a, an Instagram post a, a while back about it. But I'm going to talk about Moriarty the Patriot, Core 2. You're not a season, big fan of Core this show, two. aren't you? Look, I'm, again, I like it. It's like, you know, it's the Sherlock story. So, like, it's, you know, it's cool. But, like, yeah, it's based off the manga by Hikaru Miyoshi, which is obviously based off the story by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, of course. But it's a prequel focusing on Sherlock Holmes's famous nemesis, William James Moriarty. And the series has actually been adapted by Production IG, who have done Haikyuu, Kuroko no Basket, Psycho Pass. It looks fantastic. Really great looking show. But set in the late 19th century, during the time of the British empire's global dominance. Despite the great wealth and power accumulated by the Commonwealth, the incredibly rigid class system gives the common folk very little chance of any upward mobility. Finding themselves ruled and lorded over by the despicable nobility, after Albert Moriarty adopts two blonde-haired orphans, he learns that one of them in particular is very gifted and special, and both share a common hatred of the corrupt British nobility and dream of a pure and honest meritocracy where birthrights no longer have any meaning, and using Albert's family's noble standing, the three go on to establish themselves within British nobility, with William becoming the crime consultant of London. They set about bringing down the rigid and cruel class system from within and from the shadows. Using his brilliant manipulative skill set, William builds a cult-like following with people who will follow him to achieve their shared goal of rebuilding Britain. So it's like they're kind of good bad guys, you know? That's the vibe they're running. I guess a bit of a Lelouch in that respect in that he's like, well, I'll kill people who are bad to make things good. You know, whereas Sherlock, of course, is on the side of just pure good. It's obviously the nemesis conflict. It's a bit mustache twirly with the bad guys. Like it's like a lot of the first episode of vignettes of nobles doing horrible things to the serfs essentially, or to the lower classes and being like, <laughs> I am out of noble blood and you are nothing but a dog. And it's sort of like, yeah, okay, right. Here we go. You know, and then Moriarty sweeps in and does some cool, like run some cool scam. Where they I imagine like, there's a lot you know, of like, cool swishings of long coats. There's and- a lot of that. If it's- I was having a fucking Sherlock Holmes out of mess, I want, I want all of the swishing of the coats. Yeah. yeah. It's That's pretty fun. Slow so, tips of big hats. It's it's kind of <laughs> milady. <Sorry. laughs> it's like it's kind of smart for dumb. Like because like don't, you know like oh you know what I mean. Like it's because there's a lot it's of really up. yeah. It's, there's some really smart things that happen. Also some fucking dumb shit, and you're sort of like. What? Is this a guilty pleasure show? It's a guilty pleasure show and I like it. Again, don't love it. I'm not going to sit here and say you must watch it. But if you want the Sherlock Holmes Moriarty story told in anime in a really extra fashion, well, it's got everything you want Is right there. Moriarty in canon, sorry, in like Sir Conan Doyle canon. Is he an orphan? Yeah. yeah. 
wow, he's that is like, yeah, that's that is, you know, it's great because like a, a genius orphan who like is a mastermind is like yeah, anime is just taking that and run, you know. Oh so, yeah. Because he gets adopted by yeah by Albert's family. They use, they kind of hide, I won't spoil anything, but they kind of end up taking on that family's name and then as a result establishing themselves within society at a really high level. And then from there he's running a full underworld and like people come to him if they want crimes committed and he does it perfectly and that sort of thing. Where does the Sherlock adaptation is in of Sherlock Holmes himself? Is he more of the Robert Downey Jr. or is he Benedict Cumberbatch? He's a mix of both. He's pretty cool. Sherlock's Sherlock's great. It does obviously it takes a bit of time. They give you a lot of Moriarty's backstory to begin. Uh, and then Sherlock enters the has about four episodes just on his own and then you're like, this is the first core. And then the second core it flips between the two. So yeah and, and like Moriarty's got a real gang. He's got like a whole sort of network of people who, who are also- Gang of delinquents? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Does yes. Moriarty ask for a baseball bat every time? <laughs> it's a time travel one. Yes, they're all time traveling. The DVD store. <laughs> it all works. Oh, fuck. That's good. Yeah, check it out if you want. Like, it's a bit of fun. Yeah. Charlie, what else you got? I haven't got anything. Yeah, You're watching me. my hair like it's, a- Oh, Graham. No, Graham's oh, got, got one. Over here. Graham's. Jesus. We've got him back. I don't know how Brett feels. <laughs> You've done way more work than Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Brett's watched a recap. <laughs> um, we love you, Brett. We love you, Brett. I love you, mate. What should I do? Something light or something horrific? Oh, oh look. Let's, um, I know what you're going to do. Do the horrific one. Do it's, the horrific. It's really good. All right. So my my this might be my favorite, even though I have only watched like three episodes. It's uh, a show called To Your Eternity by uh, Shinzo Fujita. Was it a was a manga? Right. It's not original. Yeah, it's a manga. Yeah. How do you how do you summarize this show? It's about it's about an orb sent down from like a mysterious nether being, realm, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That is sent to Earth to experience things. So when it, it lands, when it comes in contact with somebody, it becomes that object. So when it lands on Earth, it becomes a rock. And then I think a wolf comes along and it dies and it becomes a wolf. And then from there, it just, it's, it's, that's yeah. all I can say. It's, Without it's, spoiling anything, that's pretty much, yeah. Was that the official synopsis of Wikipedia? <laughs> I haven't even looked at it. <laughs> I was here for it. I was like, Orb remember, ma- remember? becomes thing. Becomes thing. It's like, <laughs> it's like the thing, mm. I guess, oh, the movie. Yeah. But it, do, it yeah. I he, would say He eventually after, meets a boy uh, who's been left in the wilderness in a frozen tundra to survive yes. by himself. And like he kind of becomes a friend, but not really because it does the orb doesn't have any experiences to gauge anything off of. Yes. Like it's guess it's kind of learning from Experience. being a rock. Yeah. And then, then it becomes the wolf who meets the kid and then yeah. moves on from there. And I could say the first episode is heartbreaking. Well, it's heartbreaking. It's There's heartbreaking. probably more emotion in that first episode than there is in like an entire season of Squid Infinity. Hey, 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 hey. Whoa, whoa. Do you want to come back on this podcast? <laughs> but it's. <laughs> I'm shocked. That is that's <laughs> shocked. Them fighting words, bro. Okay. Um, but it, it's it's beautifully animated. The music is, is stunning. I have no idea where it's going to go as a show. Like yeah. I, three episodes in, I, every episode, I'm like, I have no idea what's going to be where they're going to leave us at the end of this. I think it's great. It'd be outside of Megalobox season two. It's my favorite for sure because you you're right. It's like the orb when it becomes things is completely. It obviously takes on its its physiology and, and becomes the creature or the person or the rock or whatever. But like it's it's as far as its experiences, it's zero. But it's also it can't die, right? It's, invinci- yeah, it's yeah. invincible. So like it just keeps 
moving forward through time and it's kind of vignettes which pop up in this thing having its experience but it's a completely new yeah so if you don't know if it's an alien technology or if it's from another world or whatever but it's like what it's doing is learning and it learns through the characters who interact with it and it's fucking cool it's really really cool it's a good adaptation it looks great it's a it's a very ambitious project it's it's a new world as well which i kind of i'm enjoying mm, yeah I think so i mean i mean isekais are so prevalent that every one of them is based in like sort of a medieval mm-hmm. European medieval type setting. So there's, it's actually like refreshing to get a new world that isn't based in that. Like I guess there's it is like a tribe system and yeah. there's like belief structures there that I've done, I never really came across before, but, but it's, yeah. it's just got a lot of different ideas going for it. That's a big tick for me. Of all the things we've talked about, I would say Megalobox, if you watch the first season, definitely to your infinity and probably 86 would be my. Did you say to your infinity? To your eternity. Because you're trying to combine. <laughs> See, that's how that's how ingrained skate the infinity is. And all to comes down infinity. to earth and becomes a really extra matador-like skater. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I think that what I love about the sound of that, I've read some of the manga as well. Yeah. This is what the medium should be used for more because yes. it's such an imagination, such a crazy idea in a world. And like you can do it with anime, you can animate that stuff, you can make it look beautiful. The kind of stuff that, you know. I just think that it's it's when it's used best, sort of in a Ghibli way. You know, you yes, have to have that yes. kind of like magical world and you can really well build stuff and very subtle. Mm. I love that. And I think it's really cool that there's more adaptations, like of those slower moving, slower paced. I'm trying to think of like, did you ever watch that one called Mushishi? No. You should watch Mushishi. It's like okay. a classic anime. It's like a very similar vibe to it as right. well. It's okay. like a solo man, like learning. I can't talk about it right now because I'll tear up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I also just forgot the storyline because it's been 10 years. <laughs> um, but- yeah, but I think it's that to me, yeah, I haven't watched the adaptation, but I'm really excited to because it's like, so yeah, it's just cool and quite a unique. You couldn't be like HBO is doing this show because it would just be kind of weird, you know, so. Totally. It would be yeah. too expensive. You know, and I think so. you're right when you said, you hit the nail on the head when you said it's Ghibli. Like yes. the, the main, was like, she's not the main character. I guess the main human character, March, is straight out of a Ghibli movie. Yes. She's yes. this loud, bubbly girl. With, like just, it just sits that sort yeah. of. Yeah, Ghibli is a great, great. Comparison, yeah, definitely. Thanks, guys. Well done, Charlie. Well done, Charlie. You might be a I host. That. You might be the host one day. <laughs> That's a big tick now. <laughs> yes. I guess we'll just quick fire a few other things that we're because those are all the main shows, I think. I mean, uh, that's we've got another couple as well, but yeah, I think that's the big ones. I agree. I'm also, of course, watching My Hero Academia season five, and you know, it just scratches my basic bitch itch for shonen battle anime, and like this current season is just like a, a kind of you know, class A versus class B and a kind of a competition thing and seeing all the different powers get matched up Isn't head to that head. is every season though? Yes, and it's great. It's widely, this is like this current arc they're adapting is widely renowned as the most boring, but I'm again, basic and I love it. I'm so I'm just like, it, yeah, like to, to hear about the quirks. Like yeah. can't wait for Deku to plan something wild with his kooky teammates. What's what's her name again? Um, U- Uraka. Uraka. No, no. What's the frog girl? My favorite. Oh. Froppy. Froppy. How can I forget Froppy? froppy? Sorry. Give Pretty. me Froppy any day of the week. Dude, it's it's sick. Like, again, it's not going to change your life, but like, I love a good show in battle anime. This is the kind of the most basic one out there. And it's just, it's not at the heights that it was back in season three, you know, with the United States of Smash and when it was at its top, 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 top. Season but- four was a letdown. Big letdown. It was. Let's be real. It was. And I, But I have heard that the second half of season five from the manga is incredible. So once we get through this little class B, class B, A versus class B, B story. Uh, then <laughs> we get into some really cool shit, which I'm into anyway. Like, again, I, I just, every week I'm like, cool. What, what cool power is going to be on show today? 
right. makes me really, it calms me down. It's like a safety show. Yes, 100%. Like I'm really stressed and I'm like, fuck. Whereas like Fruits Basket makes me want to cry, like end up sobbing hysterically. <laughs> and then I'm like, what can I do to like a palate cleanser? I'm like, oh, my hero's here. Like, yeah, go Froppy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've She's been, a frog. One, one thing I think is missing from this season is like I – I'm a bit of a rom-com fan. You are. And like there has been some really good ones recently. There's been like Horomiya and like Kaguya-sama, like all of these really great ones. And I was like, what's this one going to be? And I looked at the list and I was like, what's in the romantic comedy section? And like, anyway, this is the title that stuck out to me. And I just went, ooh, never seen a more of a walking red flag than this title. It's called, After Being Rejected, I Shaved and Took in a High School Runaway. And, and I was like, that, that reads like a prosecution. I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> good. I need to shave. What was going on before? Yeah, no. <laughs> Jesus. Basically, like, and the thing is, that I didn't actually watch the first episode, but I did a lot of reading on it because I was like, do I? I was like, is it good? It's got like, it's really popular. The source material is really popular. But that means nothing. You know, no. like, I was like, that is also bad. Like, yes. <laughs> it's a red flag, too. Uh, <laughs> basically, the, the general idea is that this older businessman who's like in his mid 20s or late 20s, like, okay takes in this teenage runaway who tries to sell him her body to oh, for in, and in place of rent. And he's like, no, that's bad. That's good. Yeah, but that, that's good. That's good. <laughs> but then I was like, but then the, apparently it's like this weird thing where they're like, everyone's like, so for now it gets like the bare minimum pass, like of being like not hugely problematic, but it looking okay. like it's going to be set up like a rom-com between the two of them. Mm. So it's like, just because he wasn't the literal worst in the first episode, I'm not going to be like, can't wait to watch that. <laughs> I'm so glad that that older guy didn't take advantage of that like teenage runaway. Yeah. Anyway, so that looks bad. Um, so yeah, rom-com, like there's a bit of a rom-com hole missing. A rum yeah. hole. A rum hole. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I've got webtoons to make up. For. So we're all good. You're good. You got that all the manwa you could possibly. All the manwa in the world. Um, anyone else watching anything? Uh, I did watch the first few episodes of uh, Joran, Princess of Snow and Blood. And I'll give a quick one of that, but it's set in an alternative historical Japan, the 64th year of the Meiji era, which is ended up being 1931, where Tokugawa Yoshinobu continued to reign over Japan instead of handing over power to a prime minister. The nation of Japan discovered the dragon vein, a unique energy source within its own borders that has allowed Japan to dramatically increase its technological progress through the Edo period. And despite this unexpected prosperity, the government is threatened by an insurgent group known as a Kuchinawa, which loathe the isolationist policies of Tokugawa and aim to overthrow the shogunate. In response, the government has created NU, a secret police assassination organization dedicated to protecting the government by rooting out Kuchinawa and other spies and traitors. The story follows Sawa, an 18-year-old woman who by day runs a bookstore and cares for a young orphan girl named Asaki Nakamura, who is her, like her adopted sister. Her true identity is that she is actually a descendant of a rare tribe of blue-blooded changelings who can transform into humanoid animals, hers being a white crow. Now, the whole, her whole family and tribe were killed by the head of Kuchinawa, who has taken the blue-blooded changeling power for himself and is creating, doing all these experiments on his organization and turning into changelings who are therefore trying to, to bring down the government. Sawa was found by the head of Nu, Jin Kuzahara, while she was burying her family, where he took her in and trained her as a new executioner, providing her with the potential to exact revenge for her family and tribe. It's pretty cool but I, I kind of have dropped it. Like I think I watched three or four episodes and I'm like, I don't know if I'll watch the fifth. That, that synopsis sounded like an AI created. Like, you know, like it's, <laughs> it was just like everything thrown in. It sounded, is, is it complicated to follow or is it quite simple? It's pretty, it's sort of like 
It, it's a little story. complicated. But it's pretty simple. It's like revenge story, mm. shadowy organization who protect the government up against the shadowy organization trying to bring down the government. By the way, they have powers. It's yes, powers. And like you don't know whose allegiances are to who and it's like quite a bit of a spy drama going on as well. And like it's kind of cool. It's pretty edgy. It, there's some cool characters. But again, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. Like check it out if you want, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and tell you to watch it. I think it's fine, and I don't know if I'll finish it to be honest. Yeah, right. Mm. I think I watched one episode. I think I watched the first episode and fell asleep halfway through. Yeah, it's it's not a great pilot. No, I'm old, so I watched Mars Red. <laughs> I watched one episode of that. What do you think? That vampire the vampire mom. mom. Yeah, I thought it looked cool, but then I never watched episode two. So <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that's that'll yeah. say something. I can't even give you a synopsis. Like mm. at all. But I I, there's a lot of that going on this season. Yeah, the world looked cool. It had this kind of like 1930s, I want to say, kind of aesthetic to it. It was mm-hmm. kind of interesting. That's probably wrong. I think it was more early. I think it was more like, <laughs> like sorry, I don't think it was 30s at all. I think it was much before. Like 1830s? <laughs> I think it was. No, it would have been like. It would have I think been like it was 95? I, I think it was 20s. <laughs> yeah, 2005. Uh, <laughs> we're really old now. Oh, um, is there anything else you guys are watching that's not currently airing, like another anime you're watching at the moment? I have been just dipping in one episode at a time and some, like I actually watched Code Geass the first episode last night. Hey! I just seem to be like just taking one random first episode and just trying to feel something. Mm. Yeah, just feel something. <laughs> something. <laughs> just, um, outside of rage by playing Overwatch. Um. Oh my God, I just don't talk about Overwatch. Um... <laughs> I'm watching Way of the House Husband. Ooh, what oh, what do you think? Yeah. A lot of debate over this. Tell, tell us about I think that. you either love it or hate it. Okay. For you, for people who don't know what Way of the House Husband is, it's a, based on a manga about a former like legendary Yakuza boss who has left that life behind and is now a, a stay-at-home husband, and he's really good at it. <laughs> like he applies the same sort of codes that the Yakuza would to like you know doing a task where I in honor, but he's making like lunch for his wife, who's a lawyer <laughs> or something. But he's like super intense. And I like it. Like the the anime is not really an anime. It's more like a motion comic. Like it's yeah. It's sort of animated panels lifted straight from the manga. But I think it it suits the sort of stylus of the manga. Like that intense sort of frozen look he has, where you just don't know if he's going to murder you or he's going to give you like a bun. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I I actually really like it, but I know there's a bit of. Controversy. A lot of controversy about it. Yeah, a lot of people are really angry about it. A lot of people think it's great. So yeah, it's. I mean, I couldn't I'm, really make like a full on anime out of it. Like it's a very like gaggy, stylized, yeah. styled, like jokey kind of like you know. So I think that in theory that makes sense that they did yeah. that. Netflix original too. Which is interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, you know, a friend of ours, Lewis, uh, really. He he's not a huge anime guy, but he really liked it. He's, he really yeah. enjoyed it. Because it is hilarious. Like, and it, mm, it's great, great manga. I spoke about it on the Mangaverse Comics episode. Your first episode, actually. All right. Yeah, wow, a lot of firsts. Yes. Um, what have you watched? Um, oh my god, the one that Flying Lotus did the South Yasaki, also a Netflix original. Uh, haven't got to Yasaki yet. I plan to. I've heard very mixed opinions. Yeah. Um, very mixed. Apparently, the soundtrack's Mapper. dope though. Um, it's Studio Mapper. It is Mapper, and yeah, for Netflix, and right. uh, they've released all only six episodes, so it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty swift. Uh, I will do it. It's basically about a, a black samurai, and I believe was semi-historical, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a historical. Yes, yeah, but apparently there's a lot of mecha and magic, so not that historical. But um, how do you know? You, <laughs> how do you, know? <laughs> you went there, bro. So, <laughs> I I um I've been watching completely off topic again, although. In topic because it's anime. I'm not talking about like Gossip Girl. I've been watching, I've been showing my partner the first of the 
Fate series. Oh, oh come on, man! Yeah, do it. I've, I've, I tried to get him to leave. Why it. are you doing this? <laughs> like, you, were getting, you tried to get him to listen to musical theater the other day, man. What's going yeah, on? He loves me. No, <laughs> he really not does. long. Like, he's like, you got him into anime. That's enough. Leave music else. theater at the door. But Fate. So Fate Zero is amazing. Yeah, Fate Zero was fantastic. Yeah. That's all I'm going to watch though. That's it's the only good one. It's the only good one. Yeah. But anyway, I'm watching Fate. Then I just saw there's another fucking Fate airing this oh, season. Come on, who cares? Who and could I would possibly love to see care? The, like, there's like a watching order. It makes no sense. So confusing, man. We could do a whole episode on it and you still would have no idea what we're saying. Like it is, the, the world is so convoluted and complicated. All Ugh. you need to know is just watch Fate Zero. Watch Fate Zero. It's sick. It's fantastic. But it's nothing really else. Yeah. Like don't even look, don't even look at the title of the other one. No, no like, it's a waste of time. Yeah. Unlimited Blade Works was so fucking bad. Anyway, that in a yeah, nutshell is yeah. spring 2021. Now also, Charlotte, I was going to bring something up real quick because, you know, not like me to, to try and score points, but I remember when we did the winter recap, and you said that you didn't think it was a very strong season. What do you think about that now, Charlotte? What do you think of winter 2021 compared to this season? What do you think? What do you Look, think? You know that I regret my choice. <laughs> and I was just trying to be an edgy protagonist. <laughs> and I fucked it. No, honestly, I don't even know why I said that. Sometimes I say things and I don't know why. <laughs> Like I had no, am I a sociopath? Like I was just like, let's see how this shakes up the podcast. No, honestly, I said that because I don't know. I liked the season, what, what it was, I really liked the season prior to that. Okay, yes. But this season is definitely not as good as like, the other one was, it was low, it was, it was one of the best seasons of anime ever. And yeah. we can all say that. Winter. Fair, there was a lot of yeah. like sleepers last year. Like no one saw like Wonder Egg, like out yeah. of ReZero and Attack. No one was. No one saw Skate the Infinity coming, no. <laughs> and we never will again. And no. to me, that was the real. That was the, the real, real winner. winner. You know, Attack on Titan season four. Ah, sure, but, but yeah, Skate I was really into a bunch of things before, and I can't remember that the other season because everyone was saying that was a really dud season, and I disagreed with that. Yes. but then the packed one. I think just in defense of my dud season that I liked, I wanted to take that down, so I like <laughs> picked the team and just rolled with it. But yes, Sam, I'm sorry. Look, guys, I'll admit defeat. It was really, really good. There's some good shows this season too. There are. There's a lot of shows which are. Good. You know, I struggled to, to whittle it down. Whereas last season there were like, you know, five phenomenal shows. Mm. And it's and then like five other really good ones. One thing I'm sad about is that so Black Clover's just ended. Yes. Um, and that was the last of like the running shonen kind yeah. of like that was just straight through. So not even running a seasonal anime. Mm, mm. And now they've stopped to catch up to the material, which is a like I can't believe that they just went, we don't want to do fillers. So I'm we're glad. gonna stop. Good on I was like, mate, yeah, like amazing. But um, like but they're going to turn from into, the past. They're going to turn into seasonal anime yeah. eventually. But like, I kind of miss having those shows just like running in the background. Oh, totally. Because like, One Piece is still doing that, but I, I can't, I can't compete with that. Oh, no, it's too much. It's too, too much. much. It's too, too much water under the bridge there. I can't catch. But up I ended up that. loving Black Clover guys against all odds. Did you? Yeah. And Ross, Ross got to you. If he, you, if uh, you want, yeah, a, I started like, watching it because of Ross as well. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. If you want a show that just is like, honestly, like I could watch it in double speed and be doing work. It's like that level of like tropey, but it was, it was really enjoyable. Scratches that shirt in Battle Itch, man. What a teacher. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. I reckon the ultimate, one of the ultimate teachers ever in Black Clover. Yeah. So watch that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. It is so good to be back. Season three, very exciting. Go check out some spring seasonal anime. You've got a list now. Graham, so good to have you. We'll see you again shortly. You're going to thank you. Good for to have you back. Having man. me? Of course. Well, you'll be back. You'll be back quite a bit. In and out and this is true. It's going to be fun. It's good times. It is. Got good. some cool ones this season. Can yes. you edit that out? That's <laughs> really bad. That's going to open the show. Right? <laughs> got some cool ones. Uh, no, we're actually really excited about this season. We've got some fun stuff coming for you. So. 
I'm not the host, am I? No. I <laughs> think you've lost all credibility with that not, last yeah, sentence. Not, not, <laughs> <laughs> Take it away, Sam. Fuck, I'm not the protagonist. <laughs> you can be the teacher figure. Isn't that better? Is that what you're after? Sure, I guess. Sure, I don't fucking know. Right. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Hi. thanks so much. It's so good to be back. We'll be back at you next week. All the best. Bye. Bye. Bye.